Hi, welcome to the Tell It Like It Really Is program with Dr. Baker J. Baker, with Apostle Apostle Baker J. Baker, who is a doctor. Any rate, I just want to welcome you to the program. Apostle Cal gave me that on one of my other programs, and I really love it because uh, I am going to talk about the Ascension Gifts, the Fivefold Ministry. And if you see my little thing moving, it's because I'm trying to get my book and all of this stuff situated. Okay. So you know that this is live. All right. Um, <clears throat> any rate, I'm going to talk about the uh, Ascension Gifts, the uh, more commonly known as the Fivefold Ministry, and um, some of the things that they, how they, they operate. Um, uh, the foundational offices that are talked about in Ephesians 4.11. And I'm going to talk about that in the term of temperament. Now, we're not talking about personality. We're talking about the temperament. Very interesting thing. And I want you to think about this. Uh, oh, I want you uh, to know if you need to get in touch with us or if you want to get in touch with us, we have our uh, information streaming along the bottom. Also, uh, information about how to give into the ministry. Also, uh, questions, which I really want questions. I want interaction. I don't like just talking to my beautiful blue self. I want to be able to, to talk to you. I want to find out if this is ministering to you or if this is blessing you in any manner. Uh, or if you have questions or things concerning this, okay? So I, I really like an interactive audience, and um, I'm doing this for you. It's not because I don't have anything else to do. Uh, and so, you know, I really tell it like it is. But I'm telling it like it is uh, the kingdom way. I've, this is the way I've always done it, and I'm continuously telling it like it is. So the name of all of my programs are the Monday is Tell It Like It Is the Kingdom Way. This Tuesday is really telling it like it is or tell it like it really is. Um, and uh, Wednesday, my program is still telling it like it is. One of the things that I think that we do uh, in Christendom and believe them and whatever you want to call it is be dumb because we have uh, fallen short of speaking God's truth the way God intended for it to be spoken. And instead we speak it and we do things and we say things to make people feel good. Well, all that's done is weakened a society of believers. We have a lot of wimpy people, have a lot of people that um, are not equipped to do the job that they need to do, to not even hold their own in anything that don't have a reason, don't have an understanding of the apostolic, the prophetic, the evangelistic, uh, the pastoral, or the teacher. And we're going to talk about some of those things tonight. Um, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to have a teacher on uh, my Wednesday program, who's Tina. And uh, the following week, I'm having Helen on. I think she's a teacher also. She may be an evangelist. Uh, but at any rate, um, both fantastic women. And then after that, I'm going to have uh, Apostle um, Barry Cook on for about 10 weeks, 8 to 10 weeks. And we're going to really get into the Ephesians and Colossians and uh, the different things about uh, women and, and ministry and men and um, the Bible 
and some history and different things. So I want to bring some exciting things to you. But on Tuesday, I'm mainly teaching on temperament. So I'm going to teach about the um, uh, understanding of human behavior. And um, when we're when our temperament needs are out of balance, what happens It's just like when the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher in the church, when we don't have all of the offices, all of those positions. I'm not talking about the gifts now. I'm talking about the offices. I'm talking about the positions. I'm talking about the ascension gifts, not the gifts that's given to everyone to be able to occupy but I'm talking about those that have placed in that God gave some to be the apostles, to be the prophets, to be the evangelists and all. And so that you can actually start to recognize and you can see why you act a certain way because of the place that God has, has planted you. Another thing I want to talk about is everything that I'm saying, you need to be connected to a local body. You need to be connected. You need to have a pastor. I have a pastor. Um, you need to have people you're accountable to. I have people that I'm accountable to. You need to have uh, fathers and, 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 and even sometimes mothers in the Lord. You need to. The Bible tells you to obey your parents in the Lord. Uh, even before he's talking in this, when he's talking about obey your parents, he's saying, obey these parents in the Lord. Why is that? Because they are praying for you. This is something that he has said to do. So we'll go into all of that eventually, but it won't be tonight because I'm only going to be on here for about an hour. It's not going to be a, a, a long thing, maybe 50 minutes or an hour, you know, a good tape or whatever. When man attempts to meet his own needs, his own temperament needs by fame or fortune or power. But, uh, um, no matter how much man tries to do that. Okay. I tried to, I meet my own needs. I meet my physical needs. I meet my financial needs. I'm a millionaire. I'm a billionaire. I have all of the property. I have all of these things I want. I'm able to buy whatever it is that I want. I have, I have fame. People know who I am. I have the power to change things. I'm in politics. I'm in this. I'm in that or whatever. I have a doctorate. I have um, uh, people waiting on me or whatever. You're trying to meet your temperament needs in ungodly manners. And what happens is this. You become, there's a void on the inside of you. And there's a place in there that only God can fill. Only the Spirit of God can do what needs to be done because the Spirit of God, God made us. He created us with these temperaments so that he could interact with us and bring out the strengths of those. Otherwise, we walk in the weaknesses of having other gods. Those other gods can sometimes be uh, the, uh, uh, our physical body, my God, I'm gorgeous. I got my, I got my muscles. I got my, my waist down to whatever teeny tiny waist is supposed to be. You know, I got my breast fixed. I'm, I, you know, my legs look good. I got this. And, and you start to idolize those things or homes or cars or whatever it is, you know, that you, you know, all of those things we do or the position, you know, they recognize me, they recognize me. You know, all of these things, you're trying to meet temperament needs, and God wants to meet those. He's the only one that can. God has invited 
uh, himself in. He brings he brings new values and a new purpose, which is called kingdom. He wants to bring his kingdom. He wants to bring his kingdom outside of it's in he's inside of you, but he wants to bring his temperament inside so that it can reach outside of you. That's his righteousness. That's his peace. That's his joy and the power of Holy Spirit. I've written a book. It's coming out. My daughter keeps telling me it's coming out, and I don't know exactly when it'll debut, but probably uh, at the conference, the Love and I mean the Convergence, the uh, Love and Unity Convergence, the second, uh, third, and fourth of June, and it's is called the Spirit of the Fear of the Lord in You. Well, the Spirit of the Fear of the Lord in You is the Kingdom of God, who is the Holy Spirit of God. So he is the one that lives on inside of you. The kingdom of God lives on the inside of you. So unless uh, you walk in the spirit of the fear of the Lord, the kingdom, because you will never operate in the kingdom of God by the spirit, uh, uh, by Holy Spirit, because you will never accept, totally accept the mind of Christ. You will never truly walk in that that says, not my will, but yours be done. And when you say that, not my will, not my, not my, 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 my physical, my carnal, my, my, my lusty nature, but the will of you, the the will of the spirit of God who is on the inside of me. That's the will that is going to rule my life. That's the will that 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 allows me to eat properly that's the will that allows me to go through things without complaining that's the will that allows me to do things that i really don't feel like doing that's the will that that pushes and 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 pull, uh, uh pobalts me into my into the ministry of the king because the king wants to release the ministry the ministry that he is in me out to you. That's his will being done. So my doing what I'm doing is definitely not my will. It's not my vision. It's a vision that he placed on the inside of me. I want, I, I'm, I'm prefacing all of this because as we talk about the what you call the fivefold ministry, the ascension gifts, the ascension offices, those that God has placed in there, I need you to understand that they were built for this. The inside of them, the temperament, either the sanguine, the supine, the phlegmatic, the caloric, or the uh, uh, um, melancholy, uh, or mixtures of those, that's what's in them. And each one of those temperaments, those five, like just like the fivefold ministry, all of these things are five. Uh, the, the, just like that, as I said, the fivefold ministry is in them and it operates so that they can do what it is that they are to do. But the same thing is in you. He has equipped you to be able to do everything that he has designed you for. Um, I'm, I'm going to read out of, uh, I'm going to read um, Ephesians 3. And... I'm going to read this out of the mere translation, and uh, I'm going to start with verse five. In no previous generation has there been more comprehensive and detailed knowledge of the full consequence of grace. 
as it has been now, as it has been uncovered in the spirit to his ambassadors who brought the prophetic promise into full view. Mankind, who is mankind? The sons of men may now realize that the prophetic word is fulfilled in them, in us. Everything the prophets saw is now declared. Now listen to this. Both the prophets who saw it in advance and the apostles who now proclaim this are, san uh, are, are sanctioned in God, sanctified. They are sanctioned in Christ, okay? So the apostle, what is the purpose of the apostle? Uh, oh, through knowledge, through knowledge and research, through knowledge of God and research, we come to understand that we already know that we are not a blank slate. If you are not a blank slate as science, as some psychologists and some psychiatrists and some parts of science uh, uh, people say, then you must have had something put on the inside of you. On the inside of you, within, uh, within your spiritual DNA, God created temperaments. He made you. He made you so that you could function in this time. You're not born out of time. You're here in this 21st century because you are equipped to handle any and everything that comes across the, that, that, that happens in the earth. We are equipped. We have been empowered by God. And the only big problem, the biggest problem we have is we will not yield to him. Proverbs 3 says to trust in him with all of our heart, soul, mind, strength, all of our being, to acknowledge him in all of our ways and let him direct our path. Not to be wise, not to have earthly wisdom, but to, uh, 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 but to be transformed, to, to allow his wisdom, not to be, not, not to have this, okay, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean that to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Be not wise in your own eyes, but trust him. See, and the thing of it is, is this. When we're wise in our own eyes, it's because I got this degree, I got this degree. Well, I'm smarter than this. Actually, we're saying we're smarter than God. We know how to do this. And God, if you would do this this way, then this would work better. And so he's saying, don't do that. Don't even lean. Don't even think about leaning to your own understanding. If you do not have the mind of Christ, if you are not seated in your seat with the mind of Christ in obedience to him and obedience to those authorities that he has placed over you. And most of those authorities, he is not just talking about uh, uh, we're going to get into one day what it means to be uh, obedient or submitted to uh, uh, earthly authorities, uh, the the uh, uh, civil authorities and things. We're going to get into that because a lot of the church, a lot of the religious church has that wrong too. My Lord, we got a lot wrong, <laughs> but we're cleaning it up. We're clearing it up if people have ears to hear, you know, um, but he's saying, don't lean to that. Don't, don't lean to this low understanding, this low grade light. 
there's a light that's brighter that 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 will shine into those places and he will be able to do what he wants to do in you now the apostle we're going to talk about the apostle we're going to talk about the apostle's heart and the apostle's heart passion uh uh um the apostle looks at the whole picture and as looking at this whole picture, here it is. Here's this being, this male in a male or female body really doesn't uh, um, matter. Has the ability to lead, has the ability to organize, develop, to build, to uh, uh, expand things. I mean, already I know who I'm talking about. Already I'm seeing I'm seeing parts of the caloric. I'm seeing this caloric nature. This one is able to do things. Let me read you something. Uh, about the caloric. Let me just find this right quick. Um, the uh, I know my I I know my call. I know who it is that I am. I know what it is that I believe and how it is that I do because of who it is that he placed on the what it is that he placed on the inside of me. The apostle's heart and the apostle's passion. The apostle's heart and the apostle's passion is for the world. See, people want the apostle. To go ahead, uh, people want the apostle to go ahead, and they want uh, that that apostle to interact. Oh, Apostle Cal, I'm I'm taping. Okay. Anyway, they. <laughs> oh my God! I live in real life. Okay, I live in real life, and sometimes I act out that real life. Okay, here it is. Uh, the 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 apostle uh, uh, is thinking about the whole world. It's thinking about it thinks about individuals, but it's thinking about the whole of it. If you want, and so you're mainly talking about the caloric. That caloric person, that caloric temperament, is able to do multiple type things. And as they say, the things that the, the caloric can do, it it baffles the mind of most people. They get tired out or whatever. But it's a continuum. It's a continuum. It's the ability to see the whole thing and not be able to rest until it's done. The prophet is inspired with creativity, looking ahead, knowing what it is that 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 God wants to create, that God wants to be able to do, uh, have done. Now, listen to this. Both the prophets uh, who saw this in advance and the apostles who now proclaim it are sanctioned in Christ. He made those temperaments that way. There are certain temperaments that are uh, uh, prophetic, that walk in that prophetic thing. Uh, much of it is that phlegmatic. Much of it is that one that is so uh, uh, so on it. I mean, that is so uh, so focused and 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 won't sway to the right or to the left. They were they're willing to study. They're willing to do the information. They're willing to get into things. They're willing to hear from God to pay the price to hear from God, knowing that they're going to go through many different things. But the creative abilities that are on the inside of them, it drives them to obey God. This, these these two. I'm mainly going to talk about these two tonight, and the next time. If I stay on course, I will be talking about the the uh, uh, the evangelist, pastor, and teacher. But since the foundation is the apostle and prophets, it's really important that you understand it. Let me see if I have this thing to be able to um, 
to uh, uh, share something with you in the areas of control that that uh, uh, caloric that one is one that wants to make sure the caloric expresses or shows uh, the need to have great control to have great uh, uh, power to have not over necessarily people people is not who they want to have control over when they're working in their strengths. Now, when they were in the world, they wanted to control everybody, everything. They thought they were abusive. They were all of those things. But then God took them just like Paul. Look at Paul. Paul wanted to control what people thought. He was willing to kill them. He would trace them down. He would do whatever it was. God knew that he had that temperament on the inside of him. But he also knew that he was able to have partially that uh, 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 evangelistic, that, that he could be anything that he wanted to be, anything that he needed to be. But he also had that melancholy, that ability to be by himself, to do what needs to be done. If he had not been able to do that, prison would have ran him crazy. He expresses or shows the need to have great control over the lives and behaviors of the situations, over the things that God wants him to have. In response, they don't want any control over their lives, which is great because the thing is, is that they will not, they will not compromise. They will hear from God. They will hear uh, uh, counsel. Uh, the apostle that will not hear counsel is not a true uh, uh, apostle is not a mature apostle, is not a true uh, apostle, because you have to be able to, to be influenced by um, many other people. In the multitude of counsel, there is wisdom. This is why the apostle and prophet must be able to work together. The, uh, uh, the prophet has, uh, uh, is, is mainly quiet emotionally. You know, they have their ups and downs, depressions, and all of these different kinds of things. That's the phlegmatic melancholy. The, most of them have, have blends. And this is the ability to be able to flow into all of these other offices. Most of the time, when you when when you start to operate as a as a weos of an apostle, you have walked through all of these other offices. You have walked in those shoes. He has used you. You have been gifted with it, or walked in the offices, or lived in the office of that. If you're in a congregation that is affiliated with a five-fold ministry. Now, in Astounding Love, we don't have in the house an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. We don't have all of those active in the house, but we do have them active in the house. Okay. Uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm, the, I'm, I'm the apostle that's over this one, over the one in New York and Missouri, and uh, uh, other things that we do in Africa, different things that we do. Okay. But I also have uh, Prophet Andrew that will speak into the house, that prays for the house, that knows that, that can speak into this, okay? I, uh, that is available. He is there. I'm affiliated with him. Also, there are uh, uh, evangelists, and the pastor is Pastor Lanzine, and, we, and, and who's also a teacher. But we have these giftings that are, are here and available in all of that to operate in and through the ministry, excuse me, <coughs> also being connected with love and unity, 
we have people that are in all of these different spheres that we interact with, that she interacts more than I do uh, uh, with a lot of these, which helps the house to be stable, which helps it not to be one-sided. And then the people that we are raising up, those in, uh, those that are being raised up in the ministry are also, we will end up with a whole number of these that will be able to go out and do different things. But the thing of it is, is patience, is time, because every office, every gift, everything has its trials. The things that that um, that I have gone through as an apostle, that I've gone through since I stepped into this office as an apostle, have been tremendous. I mean, I could not have handled those. I would probably still be bitter. I would be bitter. Uh, if they had happened four or five years ago, if they had have happened before I was mature enough to be able to handle it. And now it's like, as Paul said, these slight afflictions, these things that have come at me, these things that are hitting me, they are, they are light afflictions because I'm not going to allow them to take me out. God has said what it is that he wants me to do. He has sent me words to tell me how I was going to live. He has done these things. So why should I be bothered when people talk bad about me? Why should I be bothered when people attack me? Why should I be bothered when things don't go right, go my way right? They don't go my way right. Why should I be bothered when, when, when all of these things are, and I do not spend any time, hear me, hear me, hear me. I don't spend any time praying for myself. God, what am I going to do about this? God, what about this? What about this for me? What about this for me? Where's my husband? Where's my children? Where's my this? Where's my this? Where's my this? I don't do that. I don't have to. My job is I seek the kingdom. He says, you keep seeking my kingdom. You keep leading the way I want you to lead. So my emotions are less, are, are, are le I'm less emotional and more structured in what it is that I am doing. If none of it, if it came and says, if any, if none of this ever came to pass, what are you going to do? I'm going to keep on keeping on. I'm going to keep on with the joy of the Lord, which is my strength. I'm going to keep on walking in the spirit of the fear of the Lord. I'm going to keep on smiling, laughing, be happy and crying sometimes too. I'm going to keep on keeping on. There is nothing, nothing that is going to, to, uh, uh, to stop me in judging of others, the ability and the willingness to, 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 to fit in. The apostle has learned to be all things to all men that he might win some to the cause of Christ. And when I say him, I'm talking about that, the office. I'm not talking about uh, uh, gender. Understand, I'm talking about sons, just like the, the uh uh the uh the goal of the uh, uh of the prophet is to experience the creative flow of oneness in god not to go out prophesying to everybody that's not that's something that you are doing you're prophesying to yourself you're prophesying to your neighborhood you're prophesying to different people you're speaking you're speaking these words of encouragement does not mean that you are a prophet you can prophesy, you can sing prophetically, you can speak prophetically, you can write prophetically. 
but there are things that you must go through and then you don't keep repeating them same doggone things every time you turn around. I went through this. This is going wrong. This is going wrong. This is going wrong. No, it's not necessary. I, uh, you know, it, 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 it's not necessary. Um, <laughs> the, the, the goal of, 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 uh, the goal of the apostle is to see things organized and running smoothly. It is not to stay. I, I, I was the pastor of, uh, of a con of this congregation. There was a day I was so glad when, uh, 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 Lonzine, who wasn't pastor yet, when Lonzine was able, I'm saying, I'm passing this torch. I got to pass it. There are things, there are places, there are, are I, I was so happy to be able to pass this one and this one, uh, different parts of that. And so what happens is this, they're able to move in the prophetic. They're able to have uh, uh, apostolic breakthroughs. They're able to have the heart. I have a heart of an evangelist. I have the heart of an evangelist. Every born again believer must have the heart of an evangelist. Because that's the heart of the go. Every born again person, all of you, everyone that's listening to my voice. And then what happens is this, then that one always, if you really have the heart of an evangelist, you, you, you walk someone through, you help someone to find, to, to uh, be introduced to Jesus. And then what do you do? You take them and you start to tell them about uh, uh, what their privileges they have. And then you take them and you introduce them to a pastor. You bring them into a place. You don't need no baby out there whining in the streets. You don't get somebody just born. Again. I got this person born again. They repeated the, pri they repeated the prayer. And, and uh, well, where are they? Where are they? Well, I don't know. I mean, I just got, I just got, I just got another notch. That's like saying, I just had a baby. And they said, where's your baby? Let me see it. I don't know where it is. It came out and I just left it. No, this is why. Now listen to this. And you say, well, I better not get anybody saved. I bet you don't get them saved in the first place. But I better not lead anybody to the Lord, whatever it is. This is why you have contacts. This is why you have, uh, uh, this, this is why it's important that we live together, that we are together. I don't care where a person is. I'm going to be able to connect them to somebody. If I don't know the somebody's, then I'm going to call this one and I'm going to call this one and I'm going to call this one. I'm going to call people until I can connect them to somebody because I do not connect them to someone that is teaching on the kingdom of God that teaches Matthew 6:33. seek first the kingdom of God and his ways of being and doing these get these offices, these gifts, these these, these gifts of God, these parts of Jesus is what it is. The apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. They, we are, we are parts of him, the pattern son. We fit into him. We, we flow in him. We don't flow outside of him. We flow in him. You know, it's really funny. I, I, I know that you guys really want to know this. I'm constantly scratching my nose. These lights, you know, 
these lights uh, uh, do something to the outside of my nose and they make it itch. So that's what it is. It's not drugs. It's not me. Uh, uh, you know, it's not any of that. It's the lights that are shining bright on me. And what happens though, when I get hot, I get itchy. So I just want you to know that if that's too much information, you know, just throw it away. It's okay. Anyway, what I'm saying is this, if we don't start to flow together, and that mean that does that it means every born again believer, everyone that is from above, every kingdom citizen. Because when you become born from above, first thing you're gonna do is have to know what is this about? What is this about? It is about the kingdom of God. That's one thing that the apostle, prophet, and evangelist, and then working together and then being able to interact with the pastor, that one that's gonna shepherd them, that one's Pastor Lanzine got more Bible studies, more personal Bible studies. And then in the service the other day, she says, if you want a personal Bible study, if you want to be in a Bible study with me, uh, you can join. I mean, I'll be here for you to have a Bible study if you want to study about this. And I'm thinking, how many Bible studies does she have? It's like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, every day of the week, there's something. And it's not a burnout. Because she'll be going on vacation. She'll be going to do this. She'll go to rest. She'll go and do these things. Why? Because there has to be balance in the life. Otherwise, all it is is a bunch of works. If there is no place for balance, if there's no place to say, I'm taking a vacation. I am vacating from this for a day. I'm vacating from this for a couple of days or whatever it is. You know, many times, uh, and I'm still teaching on the same thing, but I'm going places with you. Many times what happens is we, uh, people in their religious but ways, they think, oh, I never take a vacation. I never rest. I never do that. They think that's spiritual. That's ignorance gone to seed, taking root and growing. That's not God. Jesus even went on a vacation. Jesus went to rest. Even though they came and got him while he was resting, but that wasn't the only time. If you read, you'll see he went away. He got away from the crowd. He let his he taught his disciples that you must do that. Why is that? So that he can refresh you. If I, as an apostle, never took time for myself, oh, I know how to rest. If I never took time for myself, I'd be a mean cuss. I would be horrible, and then I would not be able to hear clearly. You see, people that never take a break, they're not hearing clearly because they start to hear from pride. They start to hear from the flesh. They start to hear, they start to eat on themselves because what happens is this. It's a religious thing. And what is that? That's the spirit of the world. The religious is the spirit of the world. What is that? Oh, my gosh. Here's that a workaholic. Uh, 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 oh, my husband is a workaholic. I'm a workaholic. That workaholic comes into the so-called church and people take on that cloak. And when you take on that cloak, look at the lives of the people that are workaholics in the world. And so what happens to you? Okay, well, I'm not married, so it really don't matter. No, yes, it does. You're walking in this office and here it is. Oh, I just prayed all night long. I was just God had me praying all night for a whole week, for a whole 25 days, for a whole year, three years of this. No, nope. God didn't have you doing that. That's you and your religious nature. 
which is going to be destructive. That's a trick of the adversary. So it, it's, it's, it's balance. It's a balance of life. Otherwise, why didn't he just have you be all spirit? What do you need a soul in a body for? What do you need mind? What do you need interaction for? What do you need sex for? What do you need a wife? What do you need a husband? What do you need children for? What do you need friends for? No, it's just me and Jesus. I don't know what Jesus you're talking about. It's just you. Because God brings it together so that we can co-labor, so that we can interact. Uh, uh, you know, it, 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 it's an important part. So many people that call themselves apostles, call themselves prophets, call themselves evangelists, call themselves pastors, and call themselves teachers. Many people that are self-appointed. God told me this is who I am. God told me this. God told me this. Well, God told you this. But the thing of it is, is this. Let those that God has placed over you, let them identify it. Let them, if God told you, do what Miriam did. She hid it in her heart. She hid it in her heart. She went up to Elizabeth immediately. But Elizabeth was the one that spoke and said, oh, here is the mother of my Savior. Mary didn't go and say, oh, my God, here's what happened. I'm pregnant. And this is what, I, no, she didn't have to say a thing. Her presence, the gift in her brought the words forth. And that's what happens. That's what happened with me. That's what happens with every true apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. God may tell you this, but it's got to be identified. What God, uh, what God called and appointed me to in heaven, earth had to see it. It had to be seen by others. Otherwise, it's invalid. It's invalid. My testimony of myself alone is invalid. And you say, well, this person saw it and this person saw it. What does this person have to do in your life? Who is this person and who validated them? Who validated them? There's many people that have no validation in earth. They have validation in heaven, but that's not, that, that's not good enough. See, that is not good enough. That's not that's not going to have it where you are able to be sustained and to be able to walk in this earth. This is the reason that God placed the kind of temperament inside of each person that was able to handle what it is that he has called them to. Many teachers are trying to be apostles. Many pastors are trying to be prophets. Many, many people are trying to be something that they're not. Now, why do I operate in these things? You operate in these things many times because you're around it. Pastor Lanzine operates in the same anointing. She operates in my anointing sometimes. Different people, Rodney, I mean, uh, Nicole, different people in the congregation, they operate in, in the anointings and things in, 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 in this. Why? Because this is who is over them. This is their covering. I mean, I, I don't like using the word covering, but I'm going to use it. This is their covering. This is their attachment. This is their leadership. So definitely this is their parent. So therefore, if you're not operating in some of the ways that your parent is, I noticed something that's really interesting. Apostle Eddie has sons, but one of his sons sounds just like him. 
same. I mean, my God, you listen to him. Uh, 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 you, you, I mean, um, and, and I love Apostle Eddie. I have to give this day. If it wasn't for him, he was one of the people that if it wasn't for them, then uh, that helped to save my life. So uh, uh, Apostle Eddie is very, is, is very precious to me. Any rate, but his son sounds like him. And I've said to him sometimes, I said, You're, you sound so much like your son. He said, no, he sounds like me. I said, yeah, that's all right. I was talking to him. So he's, you sound like him. But at any rate, they, they, they sound like each other. He sounds, the son sounds like the father. There is an attachment there. You know that that's his son. There is no A's, ends, ifs, and buts about it. Apostle Cal's son, you know that that you know that Dwayne, you know that he is Apostle Cal's son, not just because he looks like him, but because of the way he speaks, because of the excitement, because of the different things. You know that Lanzine is my daughter. There was a long time that she did not want to be like my like him, but she can't hide it. I mean, people tell her all the time now, oh, you can't hide the fact that Dr. Baker is your mother. That Apostle Baker is your mother. And she said, I don't want to hide it anymore, you know. Uh, but you can tell there are people here in the congregation that have their ways and things like me, that have their ways and things like Lon, uh, like Pastor Lonzine. Do you understand? Why is that? Because you were placed in it. And I guarantee you, your temperament, the temperament that's on the inside of you, how God made you, will complement them and theirs will complement you. But you have to start to allow him to help you work in the strengths of those things. Now, uh, the, the apostle, which is mainly caloric, I guarantee you, if the apostle does not lay down the people that you're seeing getting into sexual problems, uh, uh, hurting people, wife beaters, husband beaters, all of these different kinds of things. When I mean, they, they, they and and some that are just very cruel. Some that says they're apostles and they are cruel people. I guarantee you, they're caloric, but they have not submitted. They have not been born from above. They are not kingdom citizens. A kingdom citizen is one that says, not my will, but yours be done. That knows that they have no rights. They have no other these privileges. What it is, is what the king wants is what it is that they do. They obey the king and the king only. It is not. They they realize that they own nothing. They owe nothing. Everything they have is subject to the king. Whatever the king wants, the king gets. That's the kingdom of God. That's the mindset. And when a, uh, uh, when a caloric, when that apostolic and prophetic, when that caloric of, of the apostle, uh, the apostle, and when that phlegmatic melancholy of the prophet, when that one realizes that, then you cannot, you can't move them no matter what. They, uh, God, God, what, this is what God desires. And it's not saying it, it's action. You don't hear them a whole lot of times talking about God told me this and God, uh, this is what God wants. And so it's because of God wants this. This is what I'm going to do. No, they live in that place. They live with him flowing out. They live with his mind. They live in a place that they can do nothing but obey. And that brings joy. The joy of the Lord. The joy of obedience. The joy of following. The joy of submission. The joy 
of this, the joy of being reprimanded, the joy of correction, the joy of correction gives them strength, gives us strength. Why is that? Because I know my father loves me. Anyone, he says, if you do not correct that child, if you don't correct that son, then they are a bastard. I am not a bastard. I am a son because I can be corrected by him. I can be corrected by other leadership. I can be corrected. And when I am corrected, I, I know, wow, I am loved because that saved me. That saved my spiritual life. That saved my physical life. That saved me financially. That saved me in this. That saved me from making a mistake. That saved me from hurting other people. Why is that? Because the uh, the, the uh, five-fold ministry, they can hurt. We can hurt a lot of people. But when we, uh, the, when we submit to seek first the kingdom of God and allow God to put correcting people in our lives and we follow that, my God, my God, we're talking about a powerful group of people. We're talking about people working together. We're talking about the tabernacle. We're talking about the pattern son. We're talking about all of these things that he has placed in us. And I mean, it's a wonderful life. It is a wonderful life. If you have any questions or anything, feel free to put those up because I have a few minutes left. If you want to give into the ministry, uh, the, she'll throw the sign up and take my face away or whatever it is. Um, if this is any blessing to you, if you have any questions, please, please, please be sure and uh, uh, send those questions in and she'll put them up on the screen and I'll answer them. I think I have about 10 minutes left and I, I definitely want, if you're out there, I'm at, you know, and you want to tell me that you like it, you don't like it or whatever it is, it really doesn't matter to me one way or the other. Uh, but, you know, you, you interact because I'm doing this for you. I want to answer your questions. I want to seed into you. I want to pour into you so that you can have a life that's worth living. I want you to start to see where you fit in the body. There is no one, no one. I mean, being born again from the first day, don't ever say, don't you ever let come out of your mouth, out of your lips. I don't know. My purpose, yes, you do, is to go into all the world, release the gospel. Your first purpose, your first thing, is to do what, what they did at the, at, at, at the tomb. They went, the first thing that that woman did, that Mary did, is she went and she evangelized. He is risen. He has risen. He has risen. He has risen. He has risen. Jesus is alive. He has risen. The first thing that you're able to do is go tell somebody. Go tell them, look at what Jesus did for me. I was this and he made me this. I was this and this. And if you don't have any testimony above that, use mine. Use somebody else's around you. Use whatever it is. But everybody has a purpose. And that purpose is to tell them how good the king, how good Jesus is. Get baptized in Holy Spirit. Do whatever it is that you are to do. You walk in that. You 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 uh uh you get excited about that. You do what it is that God wants you to do. Move in Him. Breathe in Him. And 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 just celebrate the fact. You don't have to have no great no great big testimony. You don't have to have no great big anything. What you need to do is to go and tell people. Invite people. Invite people. Don't go places alone. Apostle, how or when did you know 
you were operating in an office. What happened was this. I'd operate, didn't pay any attention to it. God would, uh, 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 I, I would get an inkling and knowing that um, I was, I, 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 this is what it was that I was. But I walked in the, I, I acted at, through a pastorship all while walking as a prophet. And I knew that it was that. And then what happened one day, I went to uh, New York. I had to go to New York and it was in, uh, in downtown, it was in Manhattan. And uh, I was walking down a long hall. This is the one with the prophet. Uh, I was walking down a long hall and uh, actually I was uh, uh, operating more of an, as an evangelist at that time. I was walking down this long hall and the Lord says, I've called you to be my prophet. And I said to him, I said, prophetess, I said, because I'm a woman. And he, <laughs> and he let me know he was aware of my, my gender. But he said, no, he says, um, he says, have you seen an evangelistess? Have you seen a teacheress? Have you seen any of the others? A, 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 a estes or a prophetess? You see a prophetess. He says, but I have called you to be that. And I said, okay. So here it was, I was there, I was to be teaching at um, um, a conference that uh, Bernard Jordan was having. And so um, I, was, I was there, I had taught at something that Mike Murdoch had had, and then um, uh, I was invited to this place in New York. And I, I just kind of pondered it and didn't pay that much more attention to it. And uh, a prophet Kirby Clements and his wife, Sandra, who was definitely a prophetess, um, she, um, uh, she operated in, in, in the gifts, but she did not have an office. And that's why I said that, that's the difference. So uh, they were there and I said, oh, are you guys teaching here? And he says, no, the Lord just sent us here. And I said, oh, okay. And so we decided to have lunch together. So we sat down to have lunch and I said, something crazy happened. I said, you know, uh, number one, I don't even know why I'm here. All these big name preachers and stuff. And I mean, you know, uh, I'm a little name. And uh, I said, the Lord said something to me. And I was walking down this, this path, down that, that corridor there. And he says, I've called you to be my prophet. And before I could really get it out of my mouth, Kirby said, that's God. I said, he says, that's who you are. That's, that's who he has made you. You are a prophet. Now, he is a prophet. He was a prophet with Earl Park. I mean, you know, he went to that church, that congregation, but uh, all over the world. In fact, uh, it was really interesting because um, Apostle McGee knew him. He, he wrote a foreword. He wrote, the, uh, wrote uh, uh, parts of some of the prophetic words that he spoke over me at another time is in the front of my book. So I, it was recognized from heaven but I didn't go and talk that much about it. I was just unctioned to tell him that. But he let it be known to me that he was going to tell me that even if I had not have told him because that's why he was sent. He was sent from Atlanta, Georgia to come to New York. He wasn't teaching. He was not teaching. He came to the conference. And, and uh, all the things that I went through in that conference he, had taught, he, he helped me through all of it. So God did not just send me and give me a title and give me a, a thing, but he also sent a seasoned prophet to come forth and to help me 
to understand some of the ways of this and to not mentor and to father me in this, to be able to, oh my God, my God. To see it into my life. And um, it, was a, it was a powerful thing. And then uh, it was recognized by others in 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 the earth, but uh, it was it was something I didn't have to tell people. People saw it. I would come into a place, and they would they would say the same say these things. And the same way it was with the apostolic, I I knew it, and 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 some apostles had told me this, and I'd gotten words. I mean, I can read you words and whatever, but then God sent. Uh, I, I was in a meeting one night and I was all the way back. This was in Pittsburgh. And um, I may have told this story before, but I'll tell it again since this is what you asked. And uh, uh, um, Dr. DeRoe, Pastor DeRoe, uh, he kept saying, Apostle, come to the front. And I'm thinking, and, and he kept interrupting the service and then, Apostle, come up here to the front. I'm thinking I was talking to Christina because Christina had, had had driven me down there. We were there in the back in the back row, and he said, "BJ, come to the front." And I'm thinking, he said, "Apostle BJ, come to the front." And I'm thinking, I looked at Christina and I said, "I ain't no apostle. They, they come into no front." And uh, I went up there and told her, "You come with. You can come with me." You know, Alfonso uh, came and got me and walked me up. Said, "Mama, you need to obey." And uh, 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 here it was, I, I came to the front, but I would go into different meetings and this thing would happen, but I still, I still did not uh, go ahead and do anything with it. And, and uh, the reason for the, the reason for it was, is that it was, uh, I, I had been, uh, oh, apostle, I mean, uh, uh, Dr. DeRoe, Apostle DeRoe uh, was, uh, one of the coverings or one of the, the people I was associated with actually was supposed to be my pastor or whatever at that time. But it was, it, it was not gelled there. And I, I, I kept working. I kept doing the works of the apostle, doing the works of the apostle while walking in the office of the prophet. And just like the evangelist has never left me. Okay. Um, um, uh, none of these things, but then God sent a prophet from South Africa that was uh, uh, Beverly Watkins that came forth from South Africa. She didn't come to preach. She didn't come for any of those things, but she came to stay in my house for a few days. And she and Pastor Lonzine were downstairs and I came and I walked in a room because I almost died. And, and um, uh, that's another story. It would take us over time. Um, but um, she came, uh, uh, Dury had taken, I, I have to tell it, okay. Dury had uh, driven me, one of the members of our congregation, one of the ministers, uh, to pick her up from the airport and we were taking her out to eat and I sat there and went gray, almost died. And they prayed, I said, you guys better pray because my life is leaving, I felt it. And I turned gray. And so they prayed and everything, uh, I, well, I, I, evidently I came alive, came back. Um, but at any rate, I guess she thought about it and she prayed about it that night here at the house. And she was down in, in the living room. I think that's what they call it. 
And um, I walked in and she says, Dr. Baker, I have to say something to you. And I said, okay. She says, you've been, the Lord says you've been disobedient. And I, oh my God, that hit me like a, a, a ton of bricks because one of the things of it is, is that I, I desire to walk in obedience. And she says, the Lord says that if you don't step into the office of the apostle, if you don't take your apostleship, then you will die. And so I said, okay, I accept it. I accept it. Well, I accepted it, but I didn't do anything with it then either. Because the apostle that was in my life, that was over, that was my covering, that was over my life, he didn't say anything. He kept saying, you have this apostolic call and you have this apostolic this and this apostolic that. I mean, all these words are everywhere, apostolic. People in his congregation, I mean, the apostles that are in his congregation and the apostles that were part of our uh, affiliation, they kept saying, you know, you're an apostle. You need to go to the apostle and tell him that you're not. I said, I'm not doing that. That is not my job. That is not my job. God's going to have to make this way. So long story short, um, I uh, talked to him and um, he uh, had me go through this school that he had. And then what happened is the apostle that was taking me through it. She said, I can't do this. And I said, yes, you can. She says, apostle, I thought you were an apostle from the very beginning. And and uh, I'm learning from you. The things that you're talking about when you go come back with the homework assignments, you're telling me things that I didn't know. And I'm learning from you. So at any rate, I went through that. And then uh, one day um, we had uh, an acknowledgement of what Heaven had already spoken. Heaven spoke it so many years ago, but earth recognized it on a certain day. But I had walked in the office not wanting, not really caring. I didn't care about no name, didn't care about what it was. My job was to do the will of the Father. I was seeking first the kingdom. And in this, one of the things that I learned was this. I learned to go through the lack of recognition and still do the job because it's in me. It's in my temperament. It's in my nature. It's my call. It's my life. See, it's my life. And so that's what it is that happened. What are the names? Uh, <clears throat> sanguine, supine, melancholy, phlegmatic, and caloric. Thank you, Michelle. And what happens with this is many people use these as personalities. The world uses them as personalities. But as what uh, God, you, you look at it in the Bible and we will, as we go through this, you guys are going to have to help keep me on track because you know how I am. I start with a series and that series only lasts one time, two times because I get to talking about something else. Something else hits me but I really want to do this. I really want to do this. So I need your help. Okay. Um, and I'm going to show you scripturally that um, uh, where the temperaments are and how this, how I know is this and Psalms 139 um, or is it 139? Yes. 139. Um, um, I'm wonderfully made and all of that. I think it's 139, 138, 139, somewhere around there. You can find the address. Um, 
at any rate, it lets you, It th th that's part of it, but there are scriptures that show you this, and this is a part of creation, because this is a part of what he's saying, I knew you when I knew you. In other words, he's saying, I wrote your plan in you. I wrote your plan in you, and I, and I, and I, I built in you everything that could keep you from failing. I, I wrote everything in there. I, I wrote it in your DNA, in the DNA of your temperament, in the DNA of your life. I wrote it inside of you. Even before I placed you in your mother's womb, I knew the things that were going to happen in your life to take you to the purpose that I had. Your temperament will help you get to the road to the place that God has for you. And you can go through it with joy. Um, um you know, I'm not going to say one of these days I'm going to give you my whole life story. But if I, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but all the things that I've gone through, and I've gone through some horrendous things. I don't have any. I, I, I mean, I just don't have. I don't, I don't have no hurt behind it. You know, I, I don't have any any uh, complaints. I don't have any. I wish this had not have happened. I don't have that. You know, I, I walked in that for a long time with my father uh, and his dying. And as a child, as a five, six-year-old child, I'm thinking it was my fault, um, um, you know, for some reason that uh, I, I don't know whether it was planted in me or or whatever it was, but I mean, I, I felt guilty about that for the longest as if I could have stopped him, probably because I answered the phone that gave the message that said he had died. But God placed on the inside of me uh, uh, um, a temperament that does not know how to Oh, yeah, I've hollered. I'm quitting. I'm finished with this. I'm not doing this anymore. Even when I went through a, a tumultuous type of a marriage um, in, in Christ, okay, uh, I married a lot outside. I mean, I did ceremonies outside of Christ, but they were always for selfish reasons. So I had nothing to do with marriage. It just had to do with ceremonies because it was necessary for whatever. Anyway, um. But even though it was that, it was still at the very end of it. God, not my will, but yours be done. Whatever it is that you tell me to do. When I'm sitting up in the jail cell and he told me, I says, what do you want me to do? I said, you know, uh, uh, and he says, I want you to pray for him. And I said, I sure will. And I'm getting ready to pray. God, kill him. Let the, uh, the send the angels, send the death angels, <laughs> all these things, because this was what was going on in me. And he says, I want you to pray for him. And I started to do that. And I mean, it, it was instant because God said so. And all the hurt, all the different things left. Uh, when they came to pick me up from jail, one of my sons wanted to start to talk. And I said, don't you open your mouth in that manner. I still did everything I could possibly do for him. Why is that? Because I gave God, because of God, how he made me. He made me for this. And one of the things that I want to teach you and, and, and as we go through this is how to live in your temperament strengths. And uh, this is a part of Proverbs 3. And this is one of the reasons that I, I, I teach it. And, you know, it, it's, it, it's, a, it's a first fruit. This, I really believe that this is a part of a first fruit offering. God talks about this all the way through. So any rate, if there's no more questions, I went five minutes over. But uh, if you're still here, you accepted it and it was okay with you. And if you're gone, it was, you didn't hear me anyway. So um, we will continue on the Ascension gifts, the offices, the foundational offices of Ephesians 411 
and on creation and the temperament. And we will do that next week when we're here to really tell it like it is. So this is Dr. This is Apostle Baker J. Baker, who is a doctor, saying thank you so much for joining me and thank you for making it fun. And Frederick, and oh no, Frederick didn't ask a question, but Michelle did. Thank you for your questions and uh, your question. And I will see you next time uh, when I'm here still really telling it like it is. And don't forget our other programs. Apostle Cal is going to be really good next week. I just, I just got that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.